All right, welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, what I want to talk to you guys about is the power of your thoughts, the power of what you think, and the power that it holds over the way that you feel, and ultimately the actions that you take or don't take in your life and the results that you get. And the reason I want to talk to you about this is because I think that this concept is something that has been sort of very much co-opted and twisted by what I would refer to as the spiritual industrial complex. And I think that the way that it's framed um, within that complex can be very off-putting if you're someone who tends to be a bit more like practical, a bit more, um, you know, trusting more so in intangible things and in science as opposed to someone who leans more spiritual. That's not to say that you can't be spiritual and, and also practical and logical and all those things. Of course, that's true. But I think that there is sort of this whole like industry around spiritualism now and sort of new ageism. Um, and it's melded in large part with the online business space and with the personal development space. And I think that that, that has kind of turned a lot of people off to the power of personal development work. And so today I want to kind of present some of these concepts to you and particularly the concept of thought work in a way that I think is a bit more accessible for those of us that just are not super into the heavily new age or heavily spiritual practices and you know ways of describing things, okay? So first of all, I want to give you an example of this in action. So what I'm talking about here is what's called, uh, what some people call a thought model. Other people call it manifesting. Uh, other people call it visualization. There's, you know, there's so many different names for this, depending on kind of where you learned it. Um, so this is absolutely not something that I have come up with myself. I just want to be super clear about that. But this is something that I've put into practice in my life. And it has fundamentally changed the way that I live and fundamentally changed the results that I create in my life. So many of you that have followed me for a long time know that in sort of the gap between 2015 and 2018, 2019 was a really, really challenging time um, in my life, which I know sounds like, you know, that's a huge period of time. Um, but unfortunately, there was a lot of stuff going on external to me that was affecting my life very, very deeply. Um, I have done a podcast episode about it previously. I will link it in the show notes for you if you're curious and want a little bit more information. But coming out of that period of my life, I think I was aware of these concepts. I was aware of sort of, I was aware of personal development and I was aware that I wanted to be better for myself and better for my kids and that I didn't want to continue the cycles that were very present in my family and that were causing so much harm at the time. But I didn't really understand how to do that because I tried to do it through pure grit. And I think grit is really important. A lot of people are like very anti-hustle, um, kind of anti-hardness like in, in the personal development space. And honestly, I think that grit is actually a really important ingredient in personal development because the reality is that life is, is never going to be sort of sunshine and rainbows and roses 100% of the time. Life is up and down and chaos happens and tragedy happens and hard things happen. They are an inevitability. And I think that grit is one of the ingredients that will help you. Grit and resilience is kind of one of those things that will help you to get through those things whole 
without letting those experiences carve chunks out of you, right? And when I kind of emerged from the the trauma of those few years, I really felt like I had had pieces carved out of me. I felt like I had been chucked into a raging river and I had bounced off every rock and every tree all the way down. And when I finally dragged myself to shore, there were pieces missing. And I kind of took that as an inevitability. I thought that's just how it was. And I kind of like congratulated myself for still being standing and still being breathing and failed to acknowledge and understand just how much damage had been done and how much harm had been caused to my mental and physical health by all of those things. So by the time kind of the dust settled on my second baby, which was, he was born in 2020, it was right before the pandemic, and the pandemic kicked up and the whole world went into survival mode, I had kind of come to the point where I had realized, okay, so I did survive it. Like I did, I made it through, but I don't feel great. I don't feel good and things don't feel good and I don't know why. And that's when I turned back to personal development work and it's something that I had immerse myself in to try and get through that difficult period, you know, the kind of 2016, 2017 in particular. But I I don't think I truly absorbed it. I understood it conceptually, but I wasn't able to apply it because I was too far in survival mode. And when I came back to it after my second son was born, I think that I was finally in a place to actually fully absorb it, understand it and apply it. And in doing so, that's allowed me to move through another very challenging period in my life and move through being the victim of something that should never have happened to me um, and be okay. And, you know, be able to talk about it. Like, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to share personal details on the podcast, but, you know, I went through something very traumatic in, in 2022 and I am, I am okay and I can speak about it and feel okay. And I can feel sort of at peace with the fact that it happened and positive and sure about where I'm headed because I have done this work. And so I think it's really, really powerful, this idea of thought work. And I want to share with you kind of the basic ideas of it and how I've been able to apply it in my life, because I think that it's going to be really impactful for many of you. Okay. So The concept of thought work is that your thoughts essentially create your feelings. So most people think unconsciously. We go about our lives. We have probably a million thoughts every day, right? And we don't have any, like our, our, you know, prevailing belief is that we don't have any control over those thoughts, that they just pop into our head and we think them. And what people don't realize is that that thought, that thought that comes into your brain, that coherent thought is what generates the emotion that comes after it. And a lot of people, I think, believe that their feelings create their thoughts. And that's actually not true. And that's not to say that everyone has the same degree of control over their thoughts. That's not to say that on like that thoughts should all be conscious or anything like that. That's, that's, that's not what this is about. It's just to kind of explain that it, we often feel because, you know, we are feeling creatures, we're emotional creatures. We often feel that our emotions are what are driving things and our emotions do drive our actions, which ultimately do to create our results, right? Whatever we do or don't do is going to determine, you know, what we get or don't get in our life. Um, but 
I think that most people operate on the basis that their feelings create their thoughts and that's that's kind of how they how they live their life. And the opposite is actually true. And the problem with being in survival mode is that all of those things happen so fast. When you're in survival mode, you're either kind you either have kind of like thought paralysis or you have like thought hurricane. Like <laughs> to, for, I, that's not a very technical term, but but everything is happening so fast. You're thinking and feeling so fast that you can't slow down and differentiate between the two. And one of the hardest and most impactful things about starting to come out of survival mode is that you do slow down and you start to recognize your thoughts and feelings as separate entities because they're not happening so lightning quick anymore. And that forces you to actually acknowledge them, which is really fucking hard. Okay. So this is something that when you are kind of in, in the throes of survival mode, when you are going a mile a minute, when you are in a super heightened anxious state, it's very, very difficult to separate these things out. But if you can force yourself to slow down enough or give yourself space to slow down enough, everybody's a little bit different. For me, it's usually a combination. Sometimes I have to be really tough on myself to get myself to and be disciplined about certain things, which I'll talk about later in the episode, to get myself to slow down enough to think my thoughts coherently and feel my feelings fully. Um, and sometimes I just need slowness and space to do that. It depends on the state that I'm in, right? And the same is probably true for you, right? So you're going to figure out as you go you know, on this journey, you're going to figure out what do you need in order to do this and when do you need it? Because it may be different for you at different times and in, in different states of being. So your thoughts create your feelings and your thoughts, we all have unconscious thoughts. So we have thoughts that come into our brain unbidden all day, every day. And most of us cannot control the first thought that we have about anything. That's just, that's just the reality of the situation, right? But what we do is we just accept that thought and then we let it conjure up whatever feeling it's going to conjure up. And then we act according to that feeling. Okay. So for example, last year I had something really horrible happen to me that should not have happened to me. It wasn't my fault. And the, the thought that I initially had about that was very, or the, the, the multitude of thoughts that I initially had about that was to feel very victimized. Right. Um, and because I felt victimized, the feelings that came along from that thought, sorry, I phrased that wrong because I had the thought that I was a victim. I had the thought that I had been victimized, which was true. Um, but because I continuously thought about being victimized, the feelings that came out of that were kind of like hopelessness and like stupidity and shame and like horrible, horrible feelings that ultimately dictated my actions or in my case inaction which was kind of to like spiral into a bit of a depression which I have shared about a few episodes back and even though the circumstance that I was put in so like the factual circumstance was that I was unfortunately victimized I was responsible for the way that I chose to think about that and I needed some time to to think my shitty thoughts and feel my shitty feelings. But past that point, I'm responsible for my own healing, right? So there's no blame here. There's no shame here. I'm not, you know, I'm not bad or or stupid or um 
or not strong because I had negative thoughts and they caused me to have negative feelings. That's natural. But what I had to do was come to the point where I took ownership for the fact that nobody could put good thoughts in my head for me. Nobody could think better thoughts for me. I had to think them. I had to choose better thoughts. I had to choose thoughts that did not make me feel hopeless. I had to choose thoughts that did not make me feel shame. Okay? And this is something that we can do in almost any situation. And yes, I know there's going to be some of you that are listening to this that are like, I'm neurodivergent. I'm mentally ill. What about this? What about this? You know, of course there is nuance to this. And I am in no way ever bypassing all of those things. Like I said, there is no shame. There is no blame. There is no stupidity. There is no good, not, not good enough. There is none of that. There is simply the fact that you are probably going to feel negative thoughts think negative thoughts about negative situations, about bad things that happen to you, and you are going to have negative feelings about them. It is also true that over time, when you give yourself the space and support you need to do so, you can choose different thoughts about that situation, about that circumstance, in order to generate different feelings. And when you generate different feelings, because we are emotional beings, you can then create different results because you will act differently, okay? So you probably cannot choose your first thought about any given situation, but you can definitely choose your second and third. And sometimes you almost have to, you know, you have to go to battle in in your head, right? And you have to choose over and over again. And there have been times in my life where I have had crushingly negative thoughts that have been very, very hard to override. And it has taken literally months of thought work, of taking time every day to let those thoughts kind of come up to the surface. Because the nice thing about being busy and being a mom and running a business is that there's always something to do. There's always something to distract yourself. There's always work to do. There's always somebody to take care of. There's always your phone in the palm of your hand and you can mindlessly scroll TikTok or Instagram and you cannot think your coherent thoughts and feel your real feelings. But if you intentionally carve out time and give yourself space to do that, those negative thoughts will come bubbling up. And then you have the opportunity to choose them again. Okay. And that is sort of the real power in thought work is that no matter what is happening to you, no matter what has happened to you, no matter what you're currently experiencing, even if it is objectively like absolute shit, absolute trash and something you should never have been put through, Nobody can reach into your brain and think different thoughts for you. And maybe you are somebody that has, uh, you know, a chemical imbalance. Maybe you need medication in order to not be overtaken by your negative thoughts. You know, there's a wide variety of mental illnesses that that benefit hugely from medication in order to do that. Maybe you are not taking care of yourself at all and you need to do a little bit more of that in order to be able to manage your thoughts better. For me, I had gotten to the point where I wasn't taking good enough physical care of myself in order for my like mental wellness to be in order. Does that make sense? So I I felt physically unwell. I was unhappy in my body. I was unhappy with the way I felt physically. And I, I woke up feeling like crap all the time. And that made it very, very difficult to manage my thoughts because then I was dealing with like kind of shit on all cylinders, right? I felt like crap. I thought like crap. And then I felt like crap again. And it was this, this vicious cycle, right? 
So I was having a really hard time managing my thoughts and I took a step back and I looked at what I could control. And one of the things that I could control was my physical health, right? I could control working out. I can control nutrition. Those are the things that I can actually put effort into. I can put conscious effort into and change the way that I physically feel, right? And if there's something else going on, like for example, a hormonal imbalance or whatever, I can go to the doctor. I can, you know, I can get that stuff addressed, right? So those were the things that were in my control when I was having a hard time controlling my thoughts. And by taking steps to like to positively impact those things, I was able to kind of get myself on a bit more solid ground. And as soon as I started doing that, as soon as I started feeling the effects of taking care of my physical body, I had a much easier time managing my like mental thoughts, managing my thoughts, managing my feelings. And that was what allowed me to sort of turn this around, put myself into a really good mindset, put myself into a really proactive determined but calm mindset where I felt like I don't have to grit my teeth and survive this. I can feel all these feelings. The worst thing that's going to happen is that I have to feel this feeling and that is going to suck because it's uncomfortable. But the worst thing that's going to happen is that I'm going to have to feel this feeling and I'm going to have to cry or I'm going to have to process it or whatever it is, right? But I get to choose how I think about it. I get to choose how I think about it and what my next feeling is accordingly. And when I choose different thoughts, when I choose thoughts that support the person that I want to be and the life that I want to have, then I get to feel that way more often than not. And that doesn't mean that I don't have those negative thoughts. It doesn't mean that I don't wake up sometimes and I'm thinking negatively and I have a good cry or I just, you know, have a shitty day. Like, you, you know, those days when everything you feel, you just feel off and then some, some tiny little thing will happen. Like your sweater will catch on the door handle and you just want to burn your house down. Like that still happens. That's normal. But being super keenly aware of how my conscious thoughts, how the, the literal coherent thoughts that I am having create those feelings in my body has been absolutely life-changing. So I really want to invite you to sit with this, listen to it a couple of times if you need to. This is, I'm not scripting these mindset episodes, so I know that they might be a little bit all over the place. So I apologize if it's hard to follow, but I just want to introduce to you the concept that you get to choose your second thought and your third thought and your fourth thought. And in doing so, you're choosing your feeling, right? You're choosing how you want to feel and you can test out different thoughts and find thoughts. You know, a lot of people like affirmations. I don't really like affirmations because I find that the way that they're phrased just feels ridiculous to me. And I have a really hard time kind of saying those things over and over to myself when they don't quite fit for me. But this is the same kind of idea as an affirmation, right? You're you're repeating a thought to yourself over and over again. You have to find a thought that makes sense for you. So like, if you are someone that is like, Good morning, beautiful angels. I would like to feel light and happy and, you know, float on a cloud of candy floss today and the birds are chirping and everything is beautiful and I am beautiful. And, you know, maybe you are, you, maybe you are naturally this very kind of like ethereal person and that's how you speak and that's how you talk. Your thoughts are going to be like that. Your thoughts are not going to sound like my thoughts. My thoughts are almost like angry encouragement. <laughs> like, like, 
my affirmations, like my, my thoughts that I choose for myself are like, everything is working out for me. Even when it doesn't feel like it, don't like get up. Don't you dare let this, like, let this get you down. Don't you dare sit down and let this wash over you and keep you stuck to the ground. Get up. You are a badass. You are smart. You are strong. Like this is how I talk to myself. Right. And that works for me. Like I need a little bit of spice in mine, but if you are, as I said, you know, a, a much more gentle soul than I am, then then your thoughts need to match that. Okay, so don't let anybody kind of like tell you what your thoughts need to be. You need to choose thoughts that support you, and they don't have to be positive, but you can choose neutral or positive thoughts instead of negative ones. Okay, so you don't have to take like say I don't know say your your boyfriend breaks up with you. You don't have to say, it's a good thing that my boyfriend broke up with me. I feel so good about that. You don't have to have this overwhelmingly positive thought about it, but you can choose a thought instead of kind of spiraling into that sort of like, why did he break up with me? Uh, What's wrong with me? Like those kind of thoughts, right? You can choose to say something to yourself like, it means nothing about me that he broke up with me. And then tell yourself what you know about yourself instead, right? And do you see how, like, that's not necessarily positive. It doesn't feel amazing, but it doesn't feel helpless. It doesn't feel shameful. It doesn't feel grief-stricken, right? It's a different way of describing the factual situation to yourself, And if you can learn to do that repeatedly, and again, as I said earlier in the episode, this is hard. And sometimes when it's a really particularly hard situation, it takes a long time. But if you can do it repeatedly and consistently to yourself, this will become habit. You will get in the habit of choosing a better thought. And you will be able to wake up in the morning, do almost like a an inventory of your thoughts as they come into your conscious mind as you wake up. And go, oh, that, that's not going to work. Those, those are not going to serve me. And you can choose again. And you can have a totally different day and a totally different week and a totally different month, which ultimately means a different life, a different business, right? A different everything. If you get in the habit of doing this and getting in the habit of consciously choosing better thoughts, I think is probably the biggest thing that has contributed to me being able to break so many cycles in my family and experience the business success that I have while being mostly the parent that I want to be. Obviously, we all have our we all have our mom guilt and our areas that we want for improvement. But but the things that I've been able to create in my life and the results that I've been able to generate are largely because of the fact that I made the decision that I was not going to think like I had been taught to think that I was not going to think the way that I had been conditioned to think, that I was going to choose different thoughts. And I didn't know what it was called at the time. Obviously, now I, I do, and I've researched it extensively. But when I first started doing this, I had no idea it was a thing. I just knew that the way that the people in my family had perceived and spoken about and thought about life was not working for any of us. And I knew that I wanted to do it differently. And, you know, here we are, however many years later, and the proof is in the pudding for me. And I think it will be for you too. So I hope that was helpful. I'll see you next week.